So normally we would be covering a book. Um, the book for this particular week that we would be covering is One Tin Bakes by Ed Kimber. Um, since I was the only person who actually worked on this, uh, I figured you guys don't want to hear me blather on about baking for 20 minutes. And Johnny feels that he can't really... I got nothing. He can't really enter an opinion. Yeah. So um, other than everything was... Really good. I was the beneficiary of all these baked goods. Yes. As well as our neighbors. So I will just say I would absolutely recommend this book. I love this book. There was not a bad thing that we made out of it. You can check our Instagram feed for the The results. results. Um, So right now we're going to do kind of a year 2020 in review. And we should preface this also by saying that this will be separate from our year-end top cookbooks list, which will be following at the end of the year. This is more just kind of us checking in and reviewing our Instagram feed and discussing more of the dishes and techniques that went into all of uh, what you see there, uh, rather than the cookbooks themselves. Yeah, it's kind of a bit more of our like personal relationship with how, yeah. how this went. It's going to be great. All right, episode 16. Here we How's go. How's it going, Victoria? Uh, it's I'm <laughs> doing great. It's All been right. a great holiday weekend. Yeah. Relaxing. At the, at the time of this recording, uh, we just uh, completed Thanksgiving. Obviously, this year it was a little more subdued, a little more laid back. Well, and also I will say not to be like a Debbie Downer, but this time last year, our dog Franklin really started his decline. And so it kind of brings up a a bit of sadness. I've I've thought about him so much this week. Yep. Um, So, but I mean, other than that, it was a great holiday. It was just us. We're not going to yuck anyone's yum. There's going to be plenty of laughter and jokes throughout the episode. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) Let's bring back some levity here. All right. So uh, I did want to point out a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Um, Thank you to everyone who has checked out the podcast so far. It's been uh, quite a success. The numbers continue to grow. We really appreciate it. Um, If you like what you're hearing, please share it with others. Um, This is basically a labor of love at this point in time. But we have some big plans for it in the future, and we really appreciate everyone that's checked it out and supported us so far. Um, The other way that you can support us is to go to the store tab on our website, and we've got a couple of Amazon.com affiliate uh, lists there. One is Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks. The other one is our list of top cookbooks that we've featured on our Instagram page. And by making a purchase on either one of those um, lists, uh, we get a few pennies. It doesn't cost you any more to make that purchase. And you can uh, show your support for us, get a little something for yourself or the home cook in your life. Win-win. So we just finished... Time to Eat by Nadia Hussein, who, uh, like One Tin Bakes, uh, is yeah. also a Great British Bake Off and alum, this week and actually, she was also a winner. Yeah, sorry to over-talk over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hush the, now. The, uh, this is a timely episode, too, because this week was the season finale of the most recent season of uh, Great British Bake Off. No spoilers to anyone who hasn't uh, right. seen it yet, but... Uh, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Good quarantine viewing. I'm so glad they pulled it off. I'm just yep. so glad. It's cool to see. Um, most importantly, what's for dinner tonight, Victoria? We are making a jackfruit curry with a no 
No yeast nan. <laughs> Try saying that five times fast. No yeast nan. Um, that sounds like a Beastie Boys song. No yeast nan. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give them a call. Okay. Get get them back together. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen ever. Oh, I, don't listen to me. Believe me. I mean, um, are we talking hologram? <laughs> I don't think you have the power to raise the dead. The, I love you, but the you just don't. Technology is there, right? Um. Yeah, and that is from Time to Eat by Nadia Hussein. That'll be featured uh, in our Instagram feed uh, coming up. Um, so, yeah, as Victoria mentioned, this is kind of a 2020 year in review. We decided to just pick a few different uh, topics for discussion and go back through our Instagram feed. Um, at the time of this uh, recording, we just, uh, 110 Bakes is number 48, mm-hmm. I believe. 48. Book number 48. By the time the year end rolls around, we'll be at over 50 books that we've featured on our feed. Um, so we have a lot of material to pour through, a lot of stuff to check in on. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the best meal that we made. All right. And I have to say, I okay, I'm going to let you go first, but I seriously couldn't choose just one. I know. And I think that's going to be a common theme throughout this episode is uh, even though we tried to challenge ourselves to pick just one kind of, you know, quote unquote, best of or favorite or something, it's not going to happen. It's well, yeah, it's not a life or death situation. Nope. I don't think anyone's going to get hurt that we hey, can't pick one. It's our show, our feed, our <laughs> rules. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Um, So a couple standout dishes for me. Mm -hmm. Um, One was this buckwheat blex with chicken and rosemary from Frioli Food and Wine. We made everything from scratch, including the pasta and the that delicious sauce that went on this (sighs) thing. Um, And using our smoked chicken, it was an all day. Well, we used. No, we did not use the smoked chicken for that. That's right, because we part of the recipe involved like roasting this chicken. Yes. Correct. Well, you yeah, you sear it off, and then you simmered it. Yep. And then you took it apart, and then you put it back in, and you simmered it more. All I know is it was good. Because I know you're thinking about using smoked chicken, but we made that sauce with smoked chicken raviolis mm-hmm. for for some clients. Yes. So, which was kind of inspired by this dish. Mm-hmm. Um so that was definitely one of them and that was just I it, it gave me such a sense of accomplishment after completing it and just the fact that it was so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. So, um that one definitely stands out. There was a lacquered short rib and celery root puree dish that we made from uh, vegetables by Martha Stewart. We actually had that on our anniversary, our 21st anniversary. You are right. And, and it was really, really good. Yeah. And our anniversary is on April 22nd. So it was a standout dish for the year. And, yes. and you know, COVID, this one was like something that we could have went to oh, any number of fancy so restaurants. I can't in the believe city. I... Oh, my God. It was great. Uh, so there was a squid, broccoli, and sausage orecchetti dish. Um, this was from Le Pain Quotidien. Am I pronouncing it right? Yes. Um, I, well, I don't know. I it was from that book. Okay. Okay. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and just combining these ingredients that we wouldn't normally just purchase if we were kind of throwing together a meal and mm-hmm. it was really tasty. Um, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that spicy ramen from Destiny. I uh, mean, that... I love a good ramen bowl anyway, mm-hmm. and that was fantastic. So that was one that stood out. Uh, what did you have, Victoria? Um, so a couple of these are things that were not for Instagram, but I will start with with the one of one of the things that we did do for Instagram, which was the spicy ramen from Destiny. Yes. Um, and I guess I can shoehorn these both together. So this year, uh, we were approached by um, this wonderful farm named. Avram Farm, mm-hmm. and they graciously offered us some a free like gift sampler of meats. Yep. And this year, oh well, at the very, very, very tail end of last year, we started sous viding too. Yep. So both uh, the pork copa steak and the bone in ribeye from Avram Farms have been some of the best stuff that I have eaten this year. Um, Isn't it remarkable? Like. What a difference just quality ingredients can make. I mean, it can be a, the most simple preparation. When you have animals that are raised in a humane environment mm-hmm. where, you, I mean, I'm sure these farmers love these love these animals, you know, yeah. but they're still our food. Um, but like just the... It just tastes different. You can taste the care it's and the great. love that went into, yep. you know, raising these animals and and preparing them. Um, and just the fact that this farm is just a few hours north of us here in Chicago, and it makes a big difference. And they're um, great. They have a, they actually have an employee from the farm. Yeah. Come and deliver stuff at your doorstep. And this is not uncommon. I mean, we're not trying to sound like a commercial for them because I'm sure wherever you live, you have... Um, access to something similar. So you just have to seek it out. Yeah, yep. Like befriend your local purveyors, whether it's, you know, uh, farmers markets, farms, and take advantage of it because it really does elevate a dish to the next level. So good call. Mm-hmm. That was okay. a good one. And so the next thing that I chose was the yellow split pea soup. That I made from the smoked turkey legs yep. from uh, Destiny. And I also applied for making the broth uh, for this. I used the the method that just keeps simmering, keeps simmering, keeps simmering, you know, all day long. and Low and slow. It was heavenly. It was just a flavor bomb. It was delicious. That was great. And I forgot about that because that wasn't part of our Instagram feed or a book we were featuring. We had made some smoked turkey legs, well, we, we, which is what you repurposed. We actually have photos of it and mm-hmm. I I just need to not be lazy and write up the recipe and Here you post go. it. Recipe coming soon, mm-hmm. courtesy of Victoria. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, I'm going to... Cut it at that. If you have another one you'd like to Can share. Can I throw a couple more out? Absolutely. I told you, this was really tough for me to decide because okay. we've had some amazing stuff. The sesame schnitzel sandwich with harissa honey and tartar slaw. I knew you were going to choose that. From eating out loud. Okay. And then the roasted muscadine grape 
sausage and leek white pizza from Smoke Roots Mountain Harvest. Wow. Okay. Just because I thought it was such a clever, a lot of these dishes, you know, like the ramen aside and stuff, but it was just more because it combined these really interesting ingredients and flavors that I don't think I would have thought of on my own. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so just kind of unlocked something in my brain and then, and then we had them and, and they were fantastic. So there you go. Um, Victoria, what have you learned from this project? So we started cooking the books. It's coming up on a two year anniversary in January. Mm -hmm. And one of the big, um, goals when we started this, I think I speak for both of us, was like we wanted to make use of our cookbook collection that we had in our pantry and just kind of break outside of our comfort zone because, you know, like anyone, we're busy and we just find ourselves kind of cooking the same things and revisiting the same dishes. Yeah, we were kind of in a cooking rut. Yeah. And so that, that was the only real kind of inspiration for starting this and then it just kind of developed into what it is now well yeah because um, we were like let's do this and then we're like oh yeah we should take pictures and start an instagram photo fo- yeah, yeah like and then it became our little art project mm-hmm. so um yeah so i guess i posed that question to you what have you learned from doing this project are there any big takeaways or anything yes hit me uh cooking is not a stress reliever for me i used to think it was really I absolutely did. Huh. Um, and it's not. Do you think it's because... So the way the division of kind of labor and responsibilities goes is a lot of times I'm kind of the prep cook, mm-hmm. which is fine by me because for me, it's actually very relaxing and zen. So if we have put in a hard day wor- at, at work and then we're getting ready to prepare dinner, I know you like to kind of decompress and just like, you know... Sit down, go through the social media. Yeah, you know, just just relax and and decompress. And for me, I'm just like roll up my sleeves, like want to just prep some stuff. But that's kind of my my yoga. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like that's it's very relaxing to me. I don't I don't look at it as like drudgery or anything. Do you think it's because you're responsible for? kind of setting up and taking a lot of the photographs, all the photographs, really. Um, I didn't know. I do think that okay. has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. Cause but that's a big ag- task. But then again, like if we're talking about division of labor, you, I mean, yeah, there's cooking and photographing and f- photo editing, but then you also, you, you do like all the blog stuff and yeah. you do the Amazon reviews and you know, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's that, a totally it, it, fair division of labor. Yeah. But I just, I feel like I get more stressed out by cooking. Okay. But I've actually gotten more relaxed for baking though. I have to say. Okay. Um, what else? Any other takeaways? Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to take shortcuts. If you can look at a recipe and be like, Oh yeah! Instead of doing these two steps, why don't I just do these two steps together? Yeah, or something. Um, I'm not talking cutting corners. Don't do that. Right. Um, always do your best, but it's okay to take shortcuts. Yeah. And then also, uh, I've kind of discovered that I no longer like red beets anymore. 
<laughs> what a revelation. <laughs> I just kind of don't like them. They taste like dirt. Yeah. Isn't that funny how your tastes kind of mm-hmm. change? And I'm kind of with you on the beet thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've done so many beet dishes since starting this project. And it was something that we probably used to gravitate more toward. And I don't know if it's just because we've done so many of them and worked with them so often. I can tell you exactly what it was that made me realize that. Uh-huh. Um, it was uh, it was the um, the beets, greens, figs, and blue cheese from On Vegetables okay. by Jeremy Fox. Yeah. Because we made that beet. It was a beet concentrate. Yeah. And to me, it was just like pure dirt. And I was like, okay, I really just don't like beets anymore. Do you think it was because a result of just the quality of ingredient that we have access to? No, 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 no. Okay. I just think that like that. They're very that, earthy. Like beet jam, like intensified the, um, like the earthy, yeah, the earthy like soil component See, so <laughs> much. I mean, because usually there's just like the undercurrent of that yeah. in beets and I've just discovered that I just don't like it. If you want to be diplomatic, you could say earthy. Yes. And if you want to be perhaps honest, you just say it tastes like dirt. Tastes like dirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how about you? Um, a, a couple different things. And, and this is kind of piggybacking on what you just said, but it's okay to make substitutions in recipes with both the ingredients and the techniques. I think when we first started this, I was so headstrong oh, about going by the letter yeah, and on just, the recipe because yep. I, I felt kind of an obligation to follow the recipe because if whether we liked it or not, I felt like it wasn't really fair to evaluate something if you're going to start deviating from it. And Mm -hmm. the result was, and you can read this on our blog post if you care to, but we drove around Chicago one afternoon to like five or six different places looking for goddamn little neck clams. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the moment where I was just like, this is ridiculous for something that is supposed it to be happened, fun. It happened one other time, and I don't remember what it was for. Persimmons? It, it could have it been, yeah. It was for pers- yeah. goddamn persimmons, yeah. and then like two days later in the grocery store, we were like, oh. They're everywhere, yeah. There we go now. I mean, it happens. We, I mean, we, we live in a large city like Chicago, and there's even times where even in our little world, it is just not possible to find certain things that we need. Every place you go is out of pomegranates yeah. or something. And we've become pretty skilled, I feel, at, at making substitutions and, and figuring out workarounds, and that's okay. I don't yeah. beat myself up about it anymore. But obviously, like, don't make some kind of, like, wild, crazy substitution. Yeah. I mean, usually you can like, find well, stuff. Well, this recipe didn't quite work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not fair. I mean, I, I feel like you can find information online easily oh, enough go- about... Oh, you can Google any kind of substitution. Yeah. So that that was the one thing. And then also just... And this is more recent, but because we feature so many cookbooks from so many different regions and, you know, different styles of cuisine, I'm starting to kind of visualize and understand the relations that they all have to each other. And so you start to see like, oh, these are techniques and ingredients that are common to, say, Middle Eastern cooking, Mm -hmm. but then oh, there's these relations between like Asian cooking and, and, you know, Asian countries and, um, 
African. Yeah, yeah. And so it's 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 really fascinating to just, you know, your eyes kind of open up and you see, I mean, and I'm sure to a lot of people that are listening, they're just like, well, of course, dummy. But, you know, yeah. for me, it was just, it's been really fascinating to see that, you know, you can almost just see this kind of linear, you know, here's these ingredients that are used. They're also used in this type of cuisine. So it's, that's been really fun because it, it, um, there's been some books that we feature, you know, Alpine cooking comes to mind, Burma Mm -hmm. superstar, where it's like these very specific countries, very specific regions, and they've got these ingredients and techniques that are kind of unique in all their own. And, uh, yeah. So the, that's been that's been fun. I've really enjoyed that. All right. All right. Here's a good one. Okay. Biggest kitchen disaster. I think this is going to be kind of a unanimous. Here, you lay it on us. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> well, there's there's a couple that I have in mind, but the biggest one was Alpine Cooking, which mm. we loved. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Spetschla. I think it's Spetschla. We determined it's Spetschla. Yeah. All right. Uh, w- through no fault of the recipe, we just did not have the equipment necessary to successfully execute this dish. What we would have needed was like a hotel pan and a perforated hotel pan. Yes. And instead... <laughs> or we, even just a perforated hotel pan and a big kettle. We tried a vegetable ricer, potato ricer. We tried a colander. We tried and like, two different colanders. Yeah. We had a ricer, the food mill. The vegetable mill, we, yeah. We had food a food mill. mill. Um, nothing worked. It was a disaster. It made a complete mess of our kitchen. Mm. We were there both, was dough everywhere. We were both irritated. We, yeah, we were like sniping at there each other. There was some quarreling like, oh, going on. Yeah. It was not a fun meal to <laughs> it make. It was not. And that is the kind of the antithesis of what cooking should be. It should be fun. It should be like this fun, you know, if you have some someone that you can engage in the activity with, it should then, be great. Well, and then we didn't even get a photo out of it because nope. the grapes in the dish turned everything this kind of grayish purple. Oh, it was just a freaking disaster. Mm-hmm. It was it was Probably one of my least favorite cooking memories. We'll never speak of that again. Although we also had an almost near disaster making the cold skin noodles, but we from Xi'an Famous Foods. Correct. But we took a step back, and number one, we almost like absentmindedly almost used a wrong piece of equipment yep. again. But then we were like, "Oh, wait, hold on." Yep. Um. Then we just decided to watch a YouTube video. Yep. Crisis averted. Okay. Anything else on that topic? Nope. Goddamn Spätzle. All right. Most unusual dish. Okay. You you uh, you go ahead and start that. All right. I got a couple of them okay. for you. I, I, these are all like dessert items too. Strangely, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mustard cupcakes. Our friends at Lusty Monk mm-hmm. mustard. Um. And that was a recipe that I developed while you looked at me with great skepticism. Mm-hmm. And they were okay, right? They were, yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah. But then again, I don't like, like it had like mustard frosting and I yeah. don't like frosting. I even put a little mustard seeds on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just feeling kind of smug and proud of myself. Yes, you were. Coming up with that. <laughs> um, Nicely done, baller. Margarita donuts. Yes. From Trio's Tacos. And the- I haven't made, it had been a long time since I made donuts. And uh, last but certainly not least, Ricola ice cream. Yep. 
from Alpine Cooking. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got? I had the Ricola ice cream as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that... It was the baked spaghettis with mushroom and parchment. Yep. From Friuli Food Wine. Um, I think just because that cooking technique would never occur to me. Yeah. Like for you, spaghetti. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. You have your spaghetti pretty much cooked and then you put it in parchment and then you bake it further. Right. I'm, I, I do feel it probably would have been really great if we had not photographed it first and eaten it right away. Yeah. Um, but that one was know, a challenge to plate and photograph and then eat and still have it be, you know, as it should be. But just the whole cooking it in parchment um, just seemed like unnecessary to me. But imagine ordering that at a restaurant oh, and yeah. getting oh. that. Like the presentation was Heck yes. out of this world. And so I can understand why that's a favorite on their menu. Absolutely. Anything um, else? Uh, no. Okay. No. Next topic. What do you think? Uh, most surprising dish. Okay. So this might be a dish that maybe you didn't have high expectations for, or maybe just, you know, kind of ended up being a lot better. What would you have? Okay. So the buckwheat, this is getting a lot of talk. Yeah. The buckwheat blecks with chicken and rosemary. Yep. I was fully expecting not to like the pasta because they forewarned you that it has like an unusual texture. So I was bracing for that. I was like, ooh, I'm not Well, because I used buckwheat flour, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was just like, ooh, I don't think I'm going to like this. But it was really, um, it was like really like, it tasted like grain. It yeah. tasted like grains. Yeah. And then when you paired that with that beautiful chicken sauce, yeah. that chicken gravy, oh my word. Like. And- for what it's worth, we did feature Friuli Food and Wine in a previous podcast. So if you want to dive into that a little deeper, check out that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Yes. Uh, the bread soup from Alpine Cooking. Okay. Uh, I almost chose that one, too. It had chicory in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I was expecting it to be super bland. And the flavor was just so beautiful to me. And then you have that lovely gooey egg and yeah loved nice. it. and then um the ricola ice cream Interesting. i i was <laughs> i was like really expecting it to taste super medicinal or something yeah. but it was, and it did not and and it was the first time that first time in a long time that i have had not halo top ice cream or no churn ice cream so was that no churn? Yeah. No, no it, it, it was it, a churn ice cream. It was. Uh, yeah, other than Halo, Halo Top or, yeah, no churn ice cream we've had a few times. But, yeah. But, whoa, so good. Okay. Okay, how about you? Uh, crispy cauliflower buffalo wings. <sighs> yes. And that was a recipe that we featured on our blog, mm-hmm. so you can find that there. Um, it's kind of loosely based on a recipe from Vietnamese Any Day. Um, and, uh, it, I mean, just to take something like cauliflower and then transform them into these little, like, you know, something that's normally associated with like chicken wings or something. And, I love and that cauliflower is like such a, it's such so versatile. a, well, it's so boring, yeah. but you can do 
10,000 great things with it. Yep. Um, so that was a standout. Uh, banh mi caramel pork tart from When Pies Fly. Oh, look And at I just you, thought yeah. it was so interesting to take flavors of uh, banh mi sandwiches, one of our favorites, and put them into this tart. So it's like a savory tart. And it was fantastic. That's um, great. I'm really yeah. glad you chose that. And okay. See, I told you that I could not pick just one. <laughs> no, I mean, we're looking good. through you're like good. a year's worth of content. I get you. Uh, Zatar chili feta bread from Sababa. Mm. I mean, that that made two loaves, and I think we ate one while it was cooling down. <laughs> I get. Well, I, we had we had half a one. Yeah. <laughs> we had half. Okay, one. maybe we weren't as big of gluttons as I feared, but. Damn, that was good. No, we were still pretty big gluttons. Yeah, that was, was a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much bread. It's carb day. Oh, it's carb so good. day in our um, house. Nom, nom, nom. Um, that was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the standouts for me, and just kind of surprising ones that, like, I I probably wouldn't look at any of those recipes and be like, "Ooh, this is going to be good." You know, not that they were going to be bad or that I had like low expectations, but. It was like amazing to me, like how good all of those ended up being. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Um, okay. Next topic. This is a good one, and I want you to lead with this because okay. I'm I'm so curious to know what your opinions are. So, uh, this is all like you know what we're doing is very visually oriented. So, I we understand it's a challenge to have a podcast where you can't see what we're talking about, <laughs> but that's what. Uh, Instagram is for dear mm-hmm. listeners. And um, we kind of went through our feed and just selected our favorite photographs from the past year. And can here I are ju- mine. Wait, can Please. I just interject? Yes. When we were going through the feed, I was like, I can't believe this was only a year ago. Yeah. With the things from the beginning of the year seriously seem like 10,000 years away. I was having like real I know, I had feelings to remind you, about like, it. No, that was from this year. No, that was from this year. Cause you were thinking that they were from like a couple of years ago. Oh or my something. gosh. Um, and uh, you know, to give credit where credit is due, this is all Victoria. Like those photos that you see on Instagram, that is all her styling and iPhone photography. And it's glorious. Well, so thank good you. Job, you. I, ap- I appreciate I mean, this, that. And this, I appreciate, and he helps this, I hold reflector cards and stuff. <laughs> I'm the flavor flavor of this operation. We've said that before. I'm I'm the the jokes and the hype man. Okay. Um, you're the you're the talent behind this. But uh no, in in all seriousness, like this is all Victoria and you have a real natural talent and skill for that. So that that's worth acknowledging. Thank and you. I, I appreciate on that, that note. Okay. New York takeout noodles from Simple <gasps> by Diana Henry. I thought you would choose that one. I yep. knew you would choose that one. I mean, and you and again, you'll have to go into our feed and find these photos if you want to, you know, see for yourself. But um, we found these cool little colorful takeout containers at uh, was it Michaels or it Dollar Michaels. Store or something like that, and and so we set up this whole shot. We had another kind of candid selfie shot where we were like enjoying the noodles and stuff. I I just remember it being like a really fun session where we were taking these photos. But pro tip, you can't actually like store your food in those little containers because there's like no, 
barrier between the paper and the food. So yeah. <laughs> the container starts getting kind of soggy. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a great looking shot. If you if you go see it, it was a fun shot. So I, I guess it's just it just resonates with me on a personal level. I feel level. like that was at the very beginning of quarantine too. It was. Oh, yep. Geez. Um, I got another one for you. Okay. No churn, mascarpone, ice cream, strawberry ice cream. From what's Gabby cooking? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like that photo too. It's a fun shot. That was taken outside, if I remember correctly. Yep. So it's got some nice, like, kind of hard shadows. And we had these, like, cones that we had, waffle cones that we had bought. And there um, were bees. <laughs> yes. There's always bees when we try and photograph something outside. Um, that was a great shot. Uh, can I add another? Absolutely. Asparagus, goat cheese, tarragon tart from dinner from in dinner French. French that was a yes. beautiful tart, oh. which probably made photographing it easy when you're starting with such a beautiful right. looking oh, dish. Agree. Um, and then honorable mention. Okay. We talked about our dog Franklin. <gasps> now this is not a photo we took. We had it professionally taken when he was a pup from Sutton Studios. So shout out to them. They're a local kind of pet photographer here in the Chicago area, but there's this gorgeous kind of regal looking photo of our boy who passed mm. away on May 8th. So mm. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, oh. but take a look at our, at our adorable Franklin doggo. photo. We loved him. He was a and great that's dog. probably one of the only non food photos that has appeared in our feed. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a favorite of mine for that reason mm -hmm. to honor him. So there you go. Miss you, buddy. What mm -hmm. do you got? <laughs> oh. Um, so one of my favorite ones was the aforementioned uh, Zatar chili feta bread. Okay. With orange soup. That was a good one. From Sababa by Adina Sussman. Um, I just thought it was gorgeous. And I, I maybe I'm like a little bit... Prejudice because I think th that bread was so good that I'm just like, yeah, that's a great photo because yes. the bread was del <laughs> was so delicious. Um, so yeah, that one. Um, and I thought the orange soup, it, well, it's not actually soup made from oranges. It's more orange, orange vegetables. Yes. yes. Um, but, and I thought that was beautiful and there were some beautiful edible flowers on there. And so and then there was, um, so we collaborated with a lovely friend of ours, uh, Sandy Thinnes, Um and we did some- uh, We did a series of recipes uh -huh. and the styling and photography, and that was actually in my honorable mention, too. Mm. You just got upstaged by Franklin. <laughs> I think you'll understand. It's okay. Um, and- Well, I think it's kind of a departure- for the styling. Yep, because I wanted to... Well, okay, the photo... Actually, I kind of think any of the four different dishes that I did for her, I really love. I think yeah. they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the one that I chose was a sweet potato chicken hash. Mm -hmm. um, and here's the thing about Sandy. Sandy's um, aesthetic is very feminine and soft and beautiful. And she's... She's this lovely woman who is into meditation. 
She's so great. Her her whole family is lovely. She's got an eye for style. She is so stylish, too, yes. man. Uh, but her aesthetic is completely different from mine. She loves flowers. And so she would, every photo had to have white roses. Yep. Um, and then she would bring over some other kind of photo that she, or fauna. Some I think other, you want to yeah, call fauna. <laughs> I think I called it photo. Um, but she would bring over some other kind of flower or like greenage to put in the photo. And we kind of, it, I really enjoyed doing them because it pushed me out of my comfort zone. Cause I yeah. was like, what the fuck am I going to do with these flowers? But I've, feel like I produced some lovely photographs. Mission accomplished. I would say so too. Mm-hmm. Those are some of my favorites and I had that on my list as well. And then funnily enough, the funnily? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with it. We're making up our own words. <laughs> you stop giving me a hard time, Mr. Balmer. Um the- Oh wait, my my uh grammar and uh pronunciation mistakes will be forthcoming. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> per um, usual. Mm-hmm. So it's the beets, greens, figs, and blue cheese from On Vegetables by Jeremy Fox. And it and it was uh, it, it's funny that you picked that one because I I had a note of that too. I thought that was a great photo. The stars were aligned for that one. Yes. All right. Okay. Any other favorites? Anything else? Um, I think I'll keep it at that. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to. Like new ingredients or skills that we've discovered as a result of starting this project. Okay. So this could be like maybe some ingredients that we haven't worked with before. Maybe some skills that we had not um, or like used things before. Things we haven't done. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Want to start? Yeah, please. Um. So I had never made, and I think I'll just kind of do like a laundry list a little bit. That's kind of what I did too as well. So this will work well. So I had never made pierogies. Okay. I'd never made dumplings from scratch. I made, we made two different kinds of noodles. The, uh, uh, beyond, beyond. I think they're called like bang, bang, like hand ripped noodles. slap noodles. Um, and the cold skin noodles. Um, we made seitan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, From scratch. Yes. And uh, we cooked in a bana- we cooked fish in a banana leaf, which I'd never done before. Banana leaves. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can get that at Costco. No. Um, and then for new um, ingredients that we have started using, and I think this one comes from last year, nigella seeds. Although those damn Nugella seeds, technically, okay, I have to say, technically, we still haven't still looking for them. them. I mean, I'm sure. No, we're actually not looking for them because I'm. (laughs) You're correct. If we're going to be honest, (laughs) this is where it goes back to our previous conversation about substitutions. Yeah, I mean, you can do some sesame seeds. No one's gonna know. We always keep sesame seeds in our in our pantry. So bad. Um, but I'd never heard of them until. Until this, yep. Um, halloumi. Oh, I love halloumi. Yep. It's a wonderful. That was the beginning of our love affair with halloumi. Non-melty, squeaky cheese. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, fabricating a jackfruit. Never done that. Yeah. Uh, I learned a um less messier way to fabricate a pomegranate. And then also another ingredient I'd never had before is black-eyed peas. 
Yeah. And I love them. I had that on my list we, as well. I think we had them like three times within like two months. Yep. Which, love. Yep. So, um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead and hit me with yours. You left out a big one. What? We bought a Ninja Foodie yes. Instant Pot yes. this year. I was going to... I was gonna say that but i didn't know if that and it kind of corresponded with we we received a book from the publisher for the milk street um uh fast slow which is basically like an instant pot cookbook Mm -hmm. their version of it and so we got to work on a bunch of recipes from that book using this ninja foodie and now we use that piece of equipment all the time, yep. especially the air fryer function. Mm-hmm. And what we love about it, and again, we're not a commercial for this, but it replaced a bunch of kind of single use gadgets that we had sitting in our pantry. Yep. So we got rid of our pressure slow cooker. cooker. We got rid of the pressure cooker. You can make rice in it. You can air fry, which is probably the thing that we enjoy the most because mm-hmm. now that's how we make like any kind of potatoes. We've made like fried chicken in it. Um, Cheese it fried it chicken. Kind of changed the way that we cook certain things. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that was a big one. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I slept on that one. Ninja foodie. Mm. Um, some other ingredients that maybe we had used for the first time or just kind of leaned into a little bit more. I Bu- know what you're gonna say. Bucatini. Yes. Millet. Yes. Farmer's cheese. Yes. Lebne? Lebne. Yeah, I I think that's Grilling avocados. I had never done that before. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Okay. I don't think they need to be. Fair enough. Halloumi. Mm Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, Charred radicchio. It's kind of the only way to go with radicchio as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So. I'll agree with you there. um, I think. I think those are the highlights of the year. Oh, Roasting cherry tomatoes with garlic. We, garlic, we sumac, few, honey. We did a few dishes like that. And we also would take the extra and can them. Mm-hmm. So we have a bunch of jars in our pantry of these delicious roasted tomatoes that we've put on like toast. We put them on pizzas. Well, and because like every year I would make like sauce and salsa yep. and blah de blah and this year I just decided to make those roasted tomatoes and you can like use them as a base for a sauce or they're so versatile. They mm. go with anything mm-hmm. biggest. This is the last, last uh, subject and we'll get into the ha-has and funnies. Okay. Uh, biggest kitchen victory. What was What was the, the most accomplishment that you felt with what we were doing this year? I would actually say, and people aren't going to actually get this because it hasn't been on our Instagram yet, but working through the Xi'an Famous Foods. Yep. Holy cannoli, it was a thing. Yep. Making two different kinds of noodles, making seitan. Yep. It was just, I felt very accomplished. As you should. And the food was delicious. Yeah. And we made this cold noodle um, seitan salad, and I was just like, I can't believe we made all this from scratch. This is amazing. Well, and it was by far the the most kind of like fascinating project and 
gave me like the most accomplished sense of accomplishment. The fact that you start with these ingredients and one byproduct of them is the seitan, mm-hmm. which we used in the dish. And then the other byproduct are these noodles that you make. And so, you know, nothing goes to waste and we had never done either one before. And then like you had mentioned before, those slap noodles, um, where you see those like impressive videos online of someone like, you know, working their arms and like, you know, stretching and slapping these big strands of noodles. And we actually did that. And, and, you know, like it turned out we didn't make a mess of our kitchen Mm -hmm. and there was no fail and it worked. And so, yeah, isn't that what cooking's all about? Mm -hmm. So satisfying. So, there you go. That brings us to the listener segment All right. of the show. So uh, our friend Yaz, who goes Hi, by Yaz. Yazmataz, miss you, buddy. We miss you uh, again. Submitted a question. Gin martini, vermouth or no vermouth? Uh, what I like to do is to pour a little bit of vermouth in the martini glass and like roll it around to coat all the glass and then dump out whatever is left. There you go. And then pour your gin over that. I mean, we could have an argument about gin versus vodka as well. Absolutely. Because there are those who are firmly in the vodka martini is not a martini mm-hmm. camp. I, I, you know, if you're pouring, I'm drinking. We had That's a, how I feel we had about a it. gin martini <laughs> last weekend. Yep. No, no, it was uh that was this weekend. Yeah. No, because you made it for me. It was the Yale. I don't know if I'd consider it a martini, but it was good. No, it totally was. It was like vermouth and gin. It was and it was a, some it, it bitters. Was a little, yeah. Okay. Lemon twist. It was, it was a it was a little bit of a detour from a martini. Well, but, but still quite it, quaffable. It slapped me in my face. So. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was high octane. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review it. Um, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books. Uh, and Facebook is at we cook books. Production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. All right. Wear a Thanks mask. for listening, everyone. You know what time it is now. Oh, yes. Ha ha time. Do it. All right. I've got a joke for you. This is kind of a two-parter. Okay. I'm going to give you double the laughter so for the you, price of one. So you say. Yep. <laughs> so have you heard about this new upcoming dessert movie? No. Stars uh, Robert Brownie Jr. There's also a hot dog movie in the works, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm sure it'll be an Oscar wiener. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Wear a mask. Thank you.